Let's just call this episode maybe the first pancake. That's so good. It is the first pancake, and the first pancake's never good. It's the one you throw in the bin. The batter is fine. It's just the surrounding elements that have made it a bit rough. The Crumbs. Hello, welcome to The Crumbs. You're with Courtney, Tom and Hamish. We are a bunch of bakers from season three of The Great Kiwi Bank Off and we are here to review the latest season. Uh, we've officially watched the first episode. What do you guys think? Um, exciting. Hey, it was really cool to see all the new people, what they've got to bring to the table. And um, yeah, for me, there's definitely a couple of people that I want to keep an eye on, um, a couple of, couple of front runners, if you will. Right off the bat, you've already got some favourites. Throw out some names. Who are you thinking? Um, Brooke definitely is one of my favourites. I feel like she's an all-round good egg as well. Like I just think um, my flatmate was saying, we like Brooke. And I was like, yeah, we, we like Brooke. Very wholesome. What about you, Hamish? What are your standout initial thoughts? I think it's pretty cool that they've mixed stuff up, like with the judges and with Pax. I think episode one, they're finding their feet. It might not have gelled as smoothly as with the old judges and both hosts but i'm pretty excited to see where it goes just going off what hamish said just then I've, i i got that the camaraderie between Haley and pax wasn't quite the same as what it was with mads um in our season um but it might be just um because it's the first episode and there's new people i could definitely sense some like first episode jitters from both like the judges and the host, and of course the contestants. But things were definitely not as polished potentially as things have been in the first three seasons. But I guess that's to be expected considering that this is a basically whole new cast, right? It's a whole new show, which was insane. My initial thoughts watching it, <laughs> as soon as the music came on, I just got this like insane anxious feeling in my stomach, which is the same as when we used to like watch ourselves on it. And I did not think I would get that this year. Like, did either of you feel that? Yeah, and that like... It's so ominous when you do it like that. Everyone like loves the bake-off music, but for us it's like the thing of nightmares. Let's just call this episode maybe the first the first pancake. That's so good. It is the first pancake, and the first pancake's never good. It's the one you throw in the bin. The batter is fine. It's just the surrounding elements that have made it a bit rough. That's an amazing analogy. I love that from you. So very first bake of season four, the signature bake. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to say it. I don't want you to say the word that they had to bake because it's going to make me so angry. Yeah, I was going to go there. They had the world's easiest cake to make, a drizzle cake. Oh my God, so easy. (laughs) Bloody drizzle cake. So they had it so lightly. What the hell? I was like raging in my couch. I was just so angry. Direct, like, who wants to remind the listeners what we had to bake for our first bake? Um, vertical cake. That makes it sound easier than it was. It was a vertical sponge cake. <laughs> you had to make a sponge. You had to roll it. You had to fight against time elements. Gravity, heat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Everything. Stress. To make it stand Sweat. up. Like, we had brand new ovens, brand new kitchen, people, like, around us, people filming us hot kitchen with 10 ovens and we had to make this like vertical cake stand up clearly didn't go well for a lot of us <laughs> it had to be 15 centimeters tall yes yeah this is what i think the brief said for them hey bakers welcome to your first day at great kiwi bake-off make a cake <laughs> 
and maybe and put it. a drizzle on it if you want. Yeah, 100%. It was such an easy challenge. That aside, there were still a few struggles, i.e. Francesca and her five pears. Like, what? <laughs> I think it's something that you never really think about as like the fruit to other ingredient ratio. You're just kind of like, I'll make it taste more peary with pears, but yeah. like you kind of fuck up the like moisture levels and stuff. So Yeah, I think someone said it in our like bake-off chat or something like that, that when you have simple challenges especially on a show like this people have a tendency to want to overcomplicate them so my first thought there is um i think it was monique who wanted to do like a two-tier drizzle cake well it was just too complicated for the time frame right and it obviously didn't work out for her what about like favorites what did we like from that first signature bake there were some good um flavor combinations um was it hugo um he did really really well in that first challenge um just something a bit different the Persian love cake. That was one the of Persian my faves. Loves it. <laughs> I Courtney, must... you're blushing. Well, I was going to Courtney, Courtney is in love with Hugo after episode one, I feel. You can't. That's slanderous. That's not it at all. Hugo was my favorite contestant from the get go, I felt. Like, I love. Sexually. <laughs> <laughs> I in feel the group like chat, Courtney, you were like, you go guys, this, you go that. I was like, can you guys get a room? Do you know what? Courtney's got a girlfriend, so lay off. Okay? I need you to put some receipts up because I know that you're lying. I just loved that he was like so cool looking. He chucked his like, eight, uh, what was it? His like tea towel around his neck. He was wearing shorts. Like he had the accent. He was so emotional about his bank. I was like, this is cool. Like I really relate yeah, to he this got guy, upset, right? Him. Yeah, I loved it. And like his Persian love cake looked great and I would love to taste it. Can we also just um, parlay into talking about how low Courtney's level of like standards for men are? Like to impress Courtney, wear a tea towel around your neck, wear shorts, have an accent, and she's like, oh. honestly, just two she's of not, the three would be fine, and I'll take it. She's not fussy, guys, and also she can do the splits. Just FYI, just keep that in mind. Thanks for my two wingman there. Love that. Thank also, you. can I just say, also, like, he's English, isn't he? He did kind of remind, like, me of you, in a way. Apart from he looks completely different. Well, I mean, he's got a lot more hair than you, we'll give him that, but you know, the same accent. We don't know until we've seen him in a white t-shirt in the cold, if they're similar or not. Yeah, I bet his nipples aren't half as big as mine. This is the second podcast where we've talked about Tom's um, nipples, so it's going well. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up every every time. We should make a feature. The challenge, as told by Tom's nipples. <laughs> they're all going to be hard if that's the case, and so far the challenges don't seem that hard. I mean, I noted... That at one point they were all standing around waiting, which certainly did not happen in our first challenge. So I do think that they were given a bit of an easier challenge, which I actually think is quite a nice thing to do. I absolutely kind of eased them into the competition. I think it was pretty apparent how easy it was when they cut to like Jordan, the new judge, describing what a syrup was. And it was like... (laughs) She was like, it's usually like a sugar and then like a liquid. And I was like, yeah, okay, if that's the most difficult thing that you're describing about this challenge, then fucking hell. The crumbs. And then we had our first technical of the season, which was um, a Jordan Rondell, aka the Caker cake, which was a creme brulee cake. So again, not super hard. A vanilla cake hollowed out with some creme pet in there, tortured a little bit. Oh my God, I'm making it sound so easy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Baker's. <laughs> <laughs> You're just shitting on Jordan as well? Jeez. Look, I'm sure it tasted amazing. 
But yeah, Courtney, cr- didn't didn't you make the technical challenge for this week? Yeah, so one of us is going to face the technical challenge each week so that we can actually speak to it from a baker's point of view. And I was the one who got that challenge uh, this week. So I did take on the Caker's creme brulee cake. Um, I'll put it out there. It wasn't the hardest cake in the world. Like you said, Hamish, it's a vanilla cake. You make a cream pat, you fill it up, and you give it a torch. Like... There are going to be some moments in it that are going to be hard, like a cream pat. If you do the wrong thing or you make it too hot or whatever or don't cook it enough, it's not going to work. But you'd like to think that most bakers going into a show like this have got a general idea on how to do a cream pat, right? Um, Kat has never made a cream pat. Yeah, yeah. Had you all made a cream pat before we got into the show? 100%. Yeah. All the time. I think it's However, a basis, right? I hadn't ever made a vegan cream pat, which is what we had to make, and that was different. <laughs> Oh, exactly. The fact that for our second, for our technical, we had um, stupid vegan apple cake and it was a vegan, I mean, like not the same thing. There was one thing that wildly riled me up watching this technical and that was everyone hyping the crinkled paper. I don't get it. Oh my God, Courtney, you didn't do that. I noticed that on your um, creme brulee cake, you didn't do the crinkled edges. No, because it's gross and I don't want to. <laughs> mm, you really let me down, actually. Minus, minus five points. Like... I think it's cool that she's got her style or whatever, but like, why did all the other? I just don't know why the like they all copied it or tried to. Do I reckon. It. It, I don't think it was written down. I think Brooke is a um, a fan of the Kaker, so she did it. She did the whole like style to kind of get some bonus points, um, and then everyone was like, "Oh, Brooke's doing that. I should do that too." Yeah, Brooke's from Auckland, so she'll know the Kaker. Oh, she does. She does know the Kaker because she was fangirling. There was like a whole section of Brooke and Victoria just like fangirling over Jordan. Where was all the fangirling over Dean in our in our series? I missed that. Swoon. Um, another thing I did note about the technical, which really annoyed me, was Nikita not sifting her flour. I don't get it. Like, you, I'm the laziest bitch out here, but if you are on TV, you you sift your flour. You know, like what? Maybe she didn't know what a, a sieve was. I mean, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm slating. She's a fucking lawyer. I think she knows what a sieve is. Feel, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but Kat didn't even. Kat had never used a zester before, so we can't make assumptions. I know, but I think a ze- I think a microplane and a sieve live in slightly different realms. To be fair, Nikita said like, "Oh my god, I didn't sift my flour, and so I had to like vigorously fold my cake." mixer so she was aware of the mistake and i think that's what you learn on the first episode especially the first technical back you're like i can't cut corners yeah do not it's yeah, just not the so. place also i think we're maybe being a bit mean mainly me because that first episode is nerve-wracking like yeah i have a very sensitive spot for um <laughs> for the first episode jitters you have a sensitive spot hamish oh that's a different podcast tom oh sorry <laughs> that's after hours that's yeah that's bake off after dark after dark yes who won the technical? Uh, so Brookie was first, and I think was it Victoria who came in second? Brookie, we're in Brookie. fucking nickname basis. <laughs> Tom's blowing kisses up her ass like <laughs> the great Kiwi Brookoff. Oh my, the great Kiwi Brookoff! Did you just hear that? Oh, that's a good. It's one. a rebrand. It's a rebrand. The crumbs. Um, so I guess third and finally, we have the showstopper, the third and final challenge um, where all the contestants get to be a bit individual. Um, so yeah, what did you guys think? First of all, I was like, who fucking dropped a tab of acid and came up with this prompt for the showstopper? Yeah, it was a bit different. Like, hey? 
inside out so adult flavor which bizarre concept just all in itself yes. and then a childhood memory on the outside it's weird right it was i agree with you i was sitting there going what on good god's earth is this challenge it was very weird that's why everyone was doing alcohol i'm i must have missed the brief and i was like why is everyone using alcohol this is so bizarre I think we just got a bunch of alcoholics in the barn this year. That's clearly what I'm taking from it. Funny how it's like everyone went to alcohol or coffee was like the only, that was like the way into adult was like, what do I eat or enjoy as an adult? Alcohol and coffee. Alcohol and coffee. Yeah. I think there was like five alcohol based ones and like a coffee one. Um, I was a little bit thrown out by the two contestants who did banana cake. Is that not the most like childlike flavor? Like a banana cake. Yeah, that's a bit child's play. What would you guys have done for adult flavor? Oh, um, I think if I did an adult flavor, I would lean into like quite a lot of spices and stuff like that. Because I feel like that's something I didn't enjoy as a kid. Um, so your nutmegs, your uh, cardamom, your cinnamon, mixed spice, whatever. Like something in that realm, potentially maybe ginger. Ginger's not something I liked a lot as a kid. Weirdly enough, that's quite similar to what I actually made from my first cake in there as well. It was like a dark molasses ginger cake, which was really yum. So I feel like I'd lean that way. I don't know what I'd make it look like, though, from my childhood. God. I feel like that was all a phone-in. I was like, no one's fucking mum had a musical box that looked like a carousel. I was like, this is all very... The People are taking the piss a little bit, I think. But you kind of have to. I don't know about you guys, but I felt found myself kind of not making up stories, but bending the truth. Like, I was like, yeah, when I was growing up, this is something that really resonated with me. I was like, not really. I just thought about it last night. I, it's like, so Courtney, for our first showstopper, it was um, a giant size cake, super right? Size it had me. to be super size mean. It had to be something that meant something to you and you did a piece of sushi. <laughs> what does sushi mean to you? <laughs> can, can I just second that? I was like, Courtney was like, yeah, I'm just like really into Jap- Japanese culture. <laughs> and um, I was like, no, you're not. I was like, this just, fucking um, bitch. Excuse I was like, me. You just think it's going to look shit hot, which it did look. It did look shit hot, to be fair. Okay, right. But so you're not into Japanese truthfully, culture. Truthfully, truthfully. I am very much into Japanese culture, and when I was younger, I went over to Japan, and it was like my food awakening, because I came from a very... Shut your mouth, Tom, for a second. Just because you made out of a Japanese guy's one once, okay? A Japanese doesn't count. Also, like, we Courtney, like, holds up a photoshopped photo of her in, like, Tokyo, like, severely (laughs) photoshopped. She's like, look, I was there, I promise. Look at me being awakened by food. When did this come, like, to be an attack on me? I did choose, and it was quite a pointed decision, to make a circular cake for my first bake because I was like, it's going to be easier than doing some, like, crazy shape. And I feel like it paid off for me because who got Star Baker? It was none of you two. So. Do, you know who, yes, queen. do you know who it didn't pay off for this time? Oh, yeah. It did not pay off for old circular cake cat, did it? No. Oh, no. What are our, what were the thoughts on cat's cake? I reckon the um, cross section of it looked yum. Like beautiful. it had really beautiful defined layers. You had there was like a Turkish delight jelly and a rose water buttercream. And then like I think a ganache maybe around the outside, but like looked impressive. But I think, did they say that it was like baking soda, which can fuck up a cake so much? Yeah. If you can taste baking soda, you can't look to anything else. I must say, I actually really liked her flavor that she chose to go with like more of an adult flavor that wasn't alcohol. Like I think we can all agree as a kid, no one's honing down the Turkish delight, but there's somewhere as you get to be older, you love it. At one point, I did not think her jelly was going to set. So the fact that she managed to have that cross-section is like, 
beautiful. The outside, eh, eh. it was a circular cake with some fondant, you know? I think if she had planned her time out better and had maybe made like a rim for the plate, like added some depth into that round shape, because as you said, Courtney, it was pretty simple. But like if she had really got on there with fine detailing, if she had the time to, to paint it, because like what she had painted looked like it was going to be really good, but then yeah. it was it was kind of half done in my opinion. Timing, I guess. One thing we haven't touched on is who was in danger heading into the showstopper, and quite clearly that was Francesca. She had a pretty rough run in those first two bakes. Like, well, she was last in technical, right? Yep. Yeah, and didn't have a cooked cake to start off with. I will give it to her. She had the most impressive looking showstopper, I think. Like it was it did look amazing. an amazing looking cake. I have a little bugbear with it, and that was the amount of like non-edible decorations on it. I mean, she, like those True. she had straws, she had like those stuck-on horse things, and I feel like if she could have found a way to actually make that out of cake, it would have been or sort out of biscuits or something edible, it would have been a lot more impressive. And also before she got to that point, does anyone remember the the bit where she was like just chucking in all the butter to a Swiss Swiss meringue butter cream? Oh my God. <laughs> and she's like, I'm just I'm you're supposed to add it a little bit little bit of time but i'm just gonna chuck it all in i'm like girl you're supposed to be like fighting for survival here and i'm like oh my god she's going home there were a couple of things on that note that i was like ah like short circuiting about brooke said i've never done this before about fondant i think and i was like what like you must have you must have at least tried it once oh my god she had those amazing like little because she did like a beach scene hey and she had these like amazing little towels and you could see the stitching on the side i'm like no you've done that before that sounds like shade. I'm not shading you, Brooke. I love you, clearly. <laughs> Somewhat, we're, just, um, we're, we're just clocking that you are um, feeding into the television of it all, and we yeah, love you yeah. for it. Well, I mean, it did we've, look amazing. we've all done this, so we know full well that you are doing practice bakes beforehand. Like, you have made that cake in some way before being on the show, hopefully. Otherwise, you've really set yourself up. She said, I'm just winging it with the time, which oh. is so dangerous to do at Bake Off, because like, if you just put something in the oven and you're trying to do like eight other things... That cake's gone burn. Just talking about the timings, um, that's what, actually one of the questions I get asked all, all the time about being on the show, is whether the allocated like two hours, for example, is like really strict or whether you get extra time. What, what do you reckon? Do you reckon it's pretty accurate? Or I think largely it's accurate. I think um, depending on what story or narrative the production are trying to like get across, it can like flex a little bit. Like I wouldn't be surprised if there was... In the really stressful challenges, they just kind of stop the clock for everyone, obviously, because you're all in the same room, um, and give everyone like extra time without us knowing. I know that in my um, time <laughs> on the show, for the showstopper, I was like piping uh, paintbrush bristles on, and I was kind of like halfway around the cake, and Haley was like, "Hey, Mish," and then like started counting down, and like gave me, well, gave everyone by way of me extra time just to kind of do those finishing touches as we were all scrambling. But no one was like, everyone leave the room. Hamish, you get 30 extra minutes to finish your cake. (laughs) Um, I feel like on timings, I agree. For the most part, if they say you're giving like two hours and you kind of get two hours, but there are going to be instances where something happens and it needs to be extended when it gets extended, kind of like what Hamish said, it's not going to be just for one person. It gets extended for everyone, but that doesn't always end up being favourable to everyone. So, like, if you've already finished your bake and then you're given an extra 15 minutes, like, what does that extra time benefit you, right? 
I know exactly what Courtney's talking about. She's talking about a certain... <laughs> Shady. Epi- Shady bitch. Episode. I'm not even going to say what episode no, it was. Don't, don't. I, don't, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I know what Courtney's talking about. Showstoppers are always the favourite part of the episode. What were your favourite showstoppers? I really like Brooks, like the beach scene. Of course. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> Brooke, my number is zero. Two, <laughs> no, no, joking. Visually, the one that stood out to me, I mean, we can only talk about visually, right? Because we sadly couldn't taste any of these delicious cakes. But um, Monique's Starry Nights was a bit of me. Like, the colours were beautiful. And I think just that, like, I'm not a perfectly ice fondant gal. I love a kind of buttercream and almost painted effect. And that's what she did with that Starry Nights. And I think it was gorgeous. It definitely had an abstract feel, which I quite liked. And I think Victoria's Secret Garden was was cute. It was a, a nice option. I think potentially I got a little bit more props from Jordan than it should have just because she like personally liked that idea versus it being good. But I think we can all agree the overall standout of that showstopper was Francesca, right? Correct. Yeah. She 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 really like pulled it pulled it out of the bag. One thing we haven't touched on is the judges. Uh, obviously they're brand new. We haven't seen them before. Any thoughts on their judging styles? I would say finding their feet. I would say a lot nicer than ours. <laughs> a lot nicer. I feel as a as the competition gets more like fierce, then they're going to get more like particular and a bit more um, well harsh, I guess. I think Jordan will always be swept up with um, the aesthetic of a cake because she's such an aesthetically driven person by you know my limited knowledge of her. But I think Peter Gordon's going to like flick a switch halfway through the season and get really technical on them and be like. What is this? What have you done here? What the fuck is this flavor? I feel like that would actually make for better watching because it was just, it was very nice. Like I think at the end when Jordan was trying to work out who to get rid of, she was like, some of you are just wowing us less than the others. And I'm sorry, but all of those cakes were not wows. Even in, even in our season, to be fair, when I was literally seconds away from being eliminated, they were like, it was a really tough call. And I was like, it wasn't, I'm going home. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm packed, hun. Like I'm ready they, to they go. Do, they do. They do try and keep it quite positive throughout yeah, the whole Which I show. like. And I think that's why I like Bake Off. It is not a super competitive show. It is like, it's wholesome. It's friendly. It's fun. The Crumbs. So the final part of the episode, who's going home? Who's getting Star Baker? Um, clearly, Hugo, Star Baker. I think it was relatively well-deserved, but it probably wouldn't have been my pick. Your thoughts? Um, I think Brooke should have got it. I reckon he showed a lot of promise. And so I think the and like, I think his emotional um, response to his signature bacon stuff, I think kind of warmed the judges a little bit. And so they wanted to kind of reward what they see in him, if that makes sense. Yeah. The fact that he nearly cried when he got like announced star baker, just, I almost started crying. Cause like, I remembered that feeling of sitting there just being like so shocked and I may or may not have also cried sitting here on my couch (laughs) but also let's not forget his combination like his flavor combinations were really good and really clever so I feel like the judges saw that true he did have some fun flavors and the first baker to leave this season of the great cuba bake-off is Kat the cricketer from Christchurch and I actually got to catch up with her over the weekend um as the first eliminated contestant on my season and it was a really great chat about her time on the show so let's play that now
Hi, Kat. Um, welcome to the Crumbs. Thank you so much for um, stopping in to have a chat. Oh, my gosh. This is, yeah, absolutely cool. Thank you so much for getting in touch. I really wanted to touch base because, you know, as a fellow first eliminated, <sighs> I thought we'd probably have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. <laughs> first things first, how are you feeling? I probably feel relief, if anything. Um, you know, obviously we filmed the show quite some time ago. So, you know, obviously dealt at the time with the fact that, you know, you've put this incredible amount of um, effort and energy into um, preparing for the opportunity. And then, you know, the excitement of being there. I mean, it was it was really cool. And, and obviously getting to meet the cast and, you know, being part of, I guess, that kind of production experience was, was quite unique. And then, of course, the heartache of being the first to go um, was was tough. And, you know, it was sort of one of those things that everyone was, like, actively talking about, oh, gosh, as long as I'm not the first one to go. And I'm like, oh, tell me about it. No, what a disaster. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. exactly. I had <laughs> I had the exact same feelings. I was like, I, I just don't want to be the first. And then I think there was a moment during the technical. I think when I placed like averagely, I think I placed like mm. fifth or sixth in it. And I was like, mm. oh, I'm now in the bottom. I went pretty bad in the first challenge, okay in the second, and now I'm kind of placed to maybe leave first. And I think that was when I was like. I've got to start thinking that this might be what's in store for me. Yeah, it was it was hard to sort of know. I mean, I didn't I didn't really feel any nerves or you know I've kind of come from a performance background with sports, so I, I guess I put myself up for the show, knowing that I, you know sort of having reasonable belief in my you know very amateur home baking skills. All right, let's talk through your time um, on the show. Your first challenge was um, the syrup cake. Um, how was that bake for you? That was obviously the first bake in the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, I probably when I had, you know, thought about, you know, I, I, I had thought about the concept of a drizzle cake, but I actually made it predominantly in a loaf tin. And for some reason I decided I would do it in a round tin because I thought maybe a loaf tin was a bit basic, you know, maybe... You know, try and think outside the square a wee bit or outside the round as it was. So, yeah, um, yeah I did that. Uh, again, you know, I was really happy with um, what I put out. Uh, you know, um, you can't really go past a lemon drizzle cake. Um, you know, it was very much was a lot of butter in that cake. So it was very much kind of like a pound cake, quite a dense texture, which which I really love, maybe because I'm elderly. Yeah, I thought the, the presentation looked, um, you know, reasonable. Uh, but yeah, if anything, I probably thought the glaze, the glaze probably wasn't quite what I had hoped for. But, um, you know, just smeared a couple of uh, edible flowers over the top and just crossed my fingers, really. <laughs> yeah, that's what the caker does every time she makes a cake. So you'd think exactly. you would have you'd think you'd won. <laughs> so let's get into the showstopper because your cake looked incredible. When they show that, oh, like, that cross-section of the cake and the layer of jelly and the rose water buttercream, it just looked so, so good. And I really wanted to have a slice. But talk me through that showstopper <laughs> experience. Oh, look, I, I absolutely love that cake. Um, you know, I, I said sort of on the show as well as I was exiting, I mean, it seems crazy. It's a baking show. But, you know, for me, 
I don't bake a lot of cakes, you know, in terms of cake. I mean, I'd make a chocolate log for dad, you know, quite frequently. Um, but not, not big sort of showstoppery type cakes. And yeah, I mean, I, again, I felt like, gosh, I felt like I'd, I'd really nailed the technical brief because, you know, um, I had the cake. I had the rosewater buttercream. I had a sort of a crumb coat, if you like, with chocolate. I had the Turkish Delight jelly, which was so much fun. I mean, the excitement of that coming out of the fridge and it actually setting and then me actually getting it into the cake. I was just like internally high-fiving myself. Um, and then the fondant and then the, the little flowers that I drew on the outside. So, yeah, I'm really proud of that um, cake, but, you know, not to be. <sighs> yeah, you, yeah, you absolutely should be proud that, like, I think it looks stunning. And that, yeah, that detail work of painting onto fondant, like, that's not um, an easy feat. So I just want to say congratulations because that was Aww. such a cool cake. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. When you were announced as the um, cast member that was leaving, you saw in everybody else's faces that they were so upset. So you must have had a really positive impact in your short amount of time there. So you must feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I did. I mean, uh, yeah, I th yeah. Everyone's been great. They were great. And... Um, yeah. I can't, I, I can't remember who it was, but someone hugged you and they were like, you can't leave me. And I thought it was so sweet. I know. They said, I think I said quickly because I was like, I, I wanted to, to have a moment with everyone individually, but I didn't, I could feel myself actually um, getting a little bit emotional and I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Um, so it was like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Hurry up. Yep. Like, yep. Let's just get this done. Awesome. Well, thank you so much um, once more for coming to chat to me and us here at The Crumbs. Um, for everyone listening, they can follow Kat at CatBatBake. Um, on Instagram and you can see all of the amazing baking that she's been doing since since filming. Oh, thank you so much for, you know, thinking of, of myself and, um, you know, taking the time to, to do this. Um, I think it's really cool that you guys are doing the podcast and, yeah, I hope you get a, a good following and it's going to be really exciting to watch um, the rest of the season. Sounds like you had a good chat with her, Hamer. She um, seems like a really lovely, just genuine home baker. And again, sounds like she had a good time, which I'm stoked about because we, we can all sympathize about how much work you put into being on the show beforehand. And it sucks to leave first. Okay, we've seen one episode. I know it's hard to call straight away from the first episode, but who do you think is going to take out this season of Bake Off? I think it's Brooke. Well, you don't need to ask. You don't need to ask me. No, clearly we all know that Team Brooke down there, the the captain of the Brooke fan club, is going to choose Brooke. <laughs> um, and surprise, surprise, I'm actually also going to choose Brooke. Um, I think she's got some good all round abilities, and she stayed very calm, which I liked. Yeah, she seems unshakable, and I think that is a fucking vital part of this competition. Absolutely, you have to stay calm and collected. But so excited to see what all the other bakers do as well. All right, team, that's us done. We have watched the first episode of season four, The Great Kiwi Bake Off. Make sure you head over to Instagram and follow The Crumbs Pod if you want to see uh, my technical bake from this week and anything else these two guys want to pop on there <laughs> as well. Um, if you are listening on Spotify or on Apple, give us a rating. It would really help us to hopefully keep expanding this podcast. Uh, and we will see you next week for Biscuit Week. Peace. Okay, I'm on one percent. I love you too. Okay, bye. The crumbs.